This is my village experience. I'm your host, Mesa Sop. Welcome. Hello, villagers. This is another session of my village, and today we have a dua. Uh, Dua is a visionary, a mama, a social worker, and a lot of stuff that you discovered today. Hello, Dua. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you for being here. First thing first, what are your three essentials? My three essentials, like in life? In life, mm. in general. Okay, I would say love, vision, and faith. And what about love that is so essential? Obviously? my um, love I feel it's just at the root of everything mm -hmm. that we do and I think it's the number one driver of mm -hmm. human behavior Absolutely. as much as anything might look either uh, cold or corrupted from the outside I mm -hmm. think at the end of the day everybody's looking to fulfill their own need for love in Absolutely. their own way and faith faith looks different for everybody mm -hmm. but for me it's so essential because it's what has kept me going in rough times mm -hmm. and it's what has motivated me right. in inspired times. Mm -hmm. So my faith in God, mm -hmm. my faith in hope, mm -hmm. my faith in the goodness of the world, That's my faith right. in humanity, mm -hmm. it's just uh, the fuel that continues to spark my vision, mm -hmm. which is my third essential Absolutely. because that is what pulls me to where I want to be every mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And I saw that you were a social worker as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, what did you want to be? Uh, where did you grow first? Yeah, so I grew up uh, initially, the first six years of my life were in Montreal. Okay. My family immigrated to Canada. I was a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and as a child, I started thinking that I really want to be a teacher. Okay. I also want to be a teacher. Okay. And so I did teach a bit in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, we moved to New Jersey when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And so I was this uh, little immigrant kid that spoke Arabic and French, and, French, yes. and I landed okay. in New Jersey. <laughs> Too useless How language. did it work? <laughs> well, I was like six and a mm -hmm. half, almost seven at the time, so I absorbed the okay. language in like oh, two yeah. weeks. Really? I was speaking wow. more English than my parents. Okay. So I picked it up pretty quick, okay. but it was still an, uh, a challenging adjustment at the time. And then we moved back to Ottawa mm -hmm. when I was almost eight, and got to integrate both languages and been living here for the past 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, as a child, I always wanted to be a teacher and, and a fashion designer. Okay, of course. So I think like <laughs> With initially, the maybe <laughs> I feel like part of me always knew that mm -hmm. I have a strong creative inclination mm -hmm. and that I want to be teaching others of course. and bringing out the best in yeah, others. Absolutely, absolutely. And in between the designer, <laughs> as you said, and the teacher, did you have maybe someone in your family that was in a, one of those fields? Or um, uh, was it just creativity, <laughs> as you mentioned earlier? Yeah, a lot of creativity. Like I was always drawing and painting and molding. and Like I was always a really creative kid. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I looked up a lot to my teachers, okay. always. I okay. really loved my teachers. Okay. And I was like a good kid mm -hmm. growing up, like I didn't really <laughs> cause trouble, so I think mm -hmm. the teachers liked me and that's why I liked them. But um, yeah, looking up to my teachers a lot, mm -hmm. I just had this fascination with what they did. Of I just course. had this fascination with how they walked into the mm -hmm. room and just created this energy yes. and the way they just, mm -hmm. the way they just commanded the mm -hmm. room, but without being 
commanders. Yes, of course. Yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. It fascinated me early of course, on. Of course. So what led you to uh, social worker mm -hmm. and coaching? Uh, let's start with the social worker. Yeah, so I... Um, I would say, pro so in grade 10, you know, mm -hmm. the civics and careers course yeah. that they take, that would be taken in grade 10, I went through like a whole questionnaire okay. and it gave me my top three career choices. Okay. And there were actually the three things that I had in mind. And so, actually rewind a little bit. When I was like 14, mm -hmm. I, dr I was in the car with my sister. We drove by a homeless shelter mm -hmm. here in Ottawa and I just saw the lineup of the men at the mission, like just waiting for the doors to open okay. up to just get a bed to sleep at night. Okay. And I was just looking at them and I started like asking my sister, I'm like, I don't get it. These people don't have houses. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have a place to live. Like don't they have a friend they can stay with or can't they just go get a job? Can mm -hmm. they just, I don't get it. Why don't they have a job? Like I, yes. my young naive mm -hmm. brain. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make sense. Up, yeah, <laughs> even though I grew up like yes. with an immigrant family, visible mm -hmm. minorities, everything, mm -hmm. I did have the socioeconomic privilege, at of least course. that like we never mm -hmm. experienced dire, mm -hmm. dire poverty. Mm -hmm. So I, it was very foreign to mm -hmm. me. It always seemed like something that happened outside of Canada. Exactly, yes. So <laughs> that's course. when I learned, like, of you course. know, there's a lot of mm -hmm. poverty and struggle even mm -hmm. right in our backyards. Mm -hmm. So then um, that's when I set out on the mission with my 14 year old naive inspiration mm -hmm. that that's it, I'm gonna change the world. Like that's I'm worse. just going to help all these people. And like, while it did come with a lot of like savior <laughs> narrative, <laughs> which I had to filter out of when I got into university mm -hmm. and stuff, um, I would say that was the moment that sparked to me that like I wanted to work in social work and that I wanted to work with people and okay. that I wanted to help people transform their lives. Okay, so is it like the same road that led you to uh, coaching, I guess, later on? Um, a little similar because when I started in social work, I always knew I wanted to work with families. Okay. Because um, at the same time that I decided I wanted to be a social worker, mm -hmm. my parents were getting divorced. Okay, so, okay. Uh, so it puts a lot into perspective. Yeah, I guess. it put a lot into perspective mm -hmm. for sure because I was thinking like, like I felt the world around me mm -hmm. crumbling just mm -hmm. because my family unit was. Mm -hmm. And so I set out on the mission that's like, that's it, I'm gonna help the world by helping families be their best. Mm -hmm. And so when I became a social worker, I went into the child welfare family, mm -hmm. family social work field. Mm -hmm. And so I was working as a child protection worker for a while and I realized um, after my first maternity leave, when I was actually home with mm -hmm. my baby for a while and reflecting a lot on like, yes, of course. do I want to go back to my mm -hmm. job? What do I want mm -hmm. to do? Um, I was, I came across a life coaching okay. program and yes. I was on maternity leave, so mm -hmm. I had the time to do it. And I was like, you know what? This sounds totally up my alley. Yes. Like it's all about coaching people to get to a better exactly. place in their life. Mm -hmm. Like, and I always heard about life coaching, but didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, it was really interesting to do the course and mm -hmm. learn what the difference between social work and counseling and therapy course, and life coaching course, all are. Of course. So that was really inspiring for me. And then for five years after that, I continued to incorporate the life coaching practices that I had learned into okay. my social work career. Okay. So I had very much of a coaching approach when I was working with my social work yes, clients. Yes, of course, because so they, they overlap at some point. <laughs> yeah, and they can. Mm -hmm. And that's when I loved doing my job the most. But mm -hmm. then I realized that the systems that are put in place mm -hmm. at the moment um, do not nourish for a coaching environment. Mm -hmm. So I realized that 
I ended up burnt out in my social work oh, job of course, of course. because I was trying to do it from a coaching point yes, of view where like I was looking very you know, to empower these people mm -hmm. and motivate mm -hmm. these people when really the system is like give them what they need and move on. Basically, you know, <laughs> yes. It's like a band-aid system mm -hmm. and then when you have a caseload of 20 families and you're expected to just have a quick turnaround mm -hmm. and be closing cases it and be moving on and be <laughs> having your caseload fluctuate every few months mm -hmm. and here I was really trying to get to the root of people's problems and really help them transform mm -hmm. their lives it wasn't congruent of course with what my employer yeah exactly <laughs> it was expected from you yeah. and what I was passionate about absolutely absolutely so that's <laughs> what that's that was the, sh the turning point for me I would say in the past couple years to really realize that like okay I can't keep relying on mm -hmm. systems yes. to give me my purpose. Of course. Of I course. know what my purpose is, so mm -hmm. I need to create a vision for myself, for mm -hmm. my family, for the world mm -hmm. that is in line with my purpose mm -hmm. and create the platform for myself to have the impact. Wow. <laughs>I even wanted to ask you the question like between the social worker and the coaching because as I uh, as you mentioned even uh, it kind of overlapped as in you know uh, helping people to get where they should or where they want to you know uh, to even find their purpose mm -hmm. and the thing is that you know when you're a social worker there's a certain things that are expected from you so if you and you were going even uh, beyond mm -hmm. uh, that you know helping people get somewhere in their life uh, rather than just probably just you know following the system and mm -hmm. being stuck probably at some point and it gets me back to the purpose that you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. because uh, when I follow you like I hear a lot about uh, you know uh, motherhood mm -hmm. believing uh, confidence mm -hmm. clarity and mm -hmm. a lot of other subject let's start with confidence because mm -hmm. you mentioned purpose we will probably get more into that uh, confidence what in confidence or how would you define or what is confidence to you simply mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So confidence to me is that part of ourselves that is able to to take our thoughts, our feelings, our dreams, our vision, mm -hmm. and produce something out of it. Mm -hmm. So confidence um, is not a personality trait. Mm -hmm. It's not something that like some people are blessed with and others mm -hmm. are not. Confidence is a practice. It's mm -hmm. a skill. It's Oops. something that everybody can have. Mm -hmm. And so what led me to have a fascination really with mm -hmm. confidence mm -hmm. is I read a book called The Confidence Code. Mm -hmm. It's by Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman. Mm -hmm. And so their approach was very much on how w women have a lot less expressed confidence than mm -hmm. men. And then they really go into like the science, the history, okay. mm -hmm and the social proof behind that. Mm -hmm. So that really led me to think about, okay, what is my own relationship with confidence? Mm -hmm. And then seeing that like, wow, that this is really at the root of a lot of people's struggles. Of course, of course. Because I think almost every person in the world you sit down with mm -hmm. and have a conversation with mm -hmm. and really dig deep, yes. you, you will find like all these dreams and aspirations mm -hmm. and ideas mm -hmm. and passions. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you look at their life mm -hmm. and it doesn't reflect exactly. it. Exactly. And mm -hmm. the disconnect is a lack of confidence of because course. confidence is this, that juice that turns thoughts into action. Of course. And so that's what led me to make that like one of the founding pillars mm -hmm. of my coaching mm -hmm. program. Because if I'm able to empower my clients and equip them to find their confidence and to build their confidence, mm -hmm. then they are not just set for the goal that they had set out in the three-month or mm -hmm. six-month program mm -hmm. they set out with mm -hmm. me like they are set f 
with that practice for life and they can continue building it forever. Of course, of course. And, uh, and how do you approach it? Uh, let's say with anyone that would come to you and say, you know, I, w I want to work on my confidence. Mm. What do you focus on? Or what are the traits that maybe uh, help you, maybe guide the person? Mm -hmm. So I usually have like a three-step program mm -hmm. that I go through with everybody. Mm -hmm. And so the three steps I use, I like to call crystallize, energize, and strategize. Okay. So the purpose of the first step to crystallize is to produce clarity mm -hmm. in our lives. So by making things crystal clear, mm -hmm. then we can really understand where we come from, where we stand, what our current life Excellent. situation mm -hmm. is, and what do we really want. Mm -hmm. And these are three questions that a lot of people don't actually take the time to thoroughly answer. Mm -hmm. If you ask people like, have you really ever thought about like your upbringing and what has led you to mm -hmm. be here? And do you know what you struggle with? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then if you give them like, a whole life assessment mm -hmm. that I like to work mm -hmm. with, which is actually a high performance habits, mm -hmm. a high performance habit, um, to just go through a whole life assessment mm -hmm. to shed clarity on your life. Like it's a shock for a lot of, of people. Mm -hmm. So without clarity around where we stand, mm -hmm. it it's hard to move. Of so course. that's the first step. So that's why clarity is very strongly married to mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. And so in Energize, this is when we start infusing our mission with energy mm -hmm. because energy is something that's within us mm -hmm. and we just need to generate it we just need to awaken it mm -hmm. energy is not something that like we get by consuming or that we that we get from the outside mm -hmm. and pour into ourselves it's within us mm -hmm. so how do we wake that energy up mm. like how do we start gaining the energy to be motivated to for example put in extra hours mm -hmm. to to deal with extra challenges mm -hmm. to have the physical energy even to bring our health to a place of vitality so we can continue mm -hmm. to fulfill our of missions mm -hmm. how do we have the emotional energy mm -hmm. to deal with the challenges that have mm -hmm. come up in the mm -hmm. clarity stage <laughs> yes, and stuff definitely. like that so energy can be infused into every area in mm -hmm. our life and the way that we start tapping into this energy is through developing our purpose okay. and creating a vision for ourselves mm -hmm because when we have a vision and when we have purpose mm -hmm. we are being pulled forward of course of rather course. than just being pushed by duties pushed by obligation exactly. we're being of pulled course. forward we see that light forward mm -hmm. and it's like okay i want to get up in the morning because i know i'm an inch closer to mm -hmm. my vision mm -hmm. by doing this by doing mm -hmm. this so that's why we really just go back to the root of like how do we get you out of bed in the morning because for a lot of us that's yes, honestly a challenge <laughs> so right definitely. but then if you're mm -hmm. not like super inspired mm -hmm. you're still going to be getting up like in a from a place of like scarcity of and lack mm -hmm. in the morning so mm -hmm. we work on shifting all these things and mm -hmm. through all of this there's a lot of like m deep mindset practices course, that are embedded in all mm -hmm. of it because we want these changes to become permanent of course and so in the last step in strategizing this is where we develop the confidence mm -hmm. because like we said confidence is a skill so by creating strategies that inspire us to take action in mm -hmm. our lives that is how we produce confidence of course because confidence is not something we can read and then have yes. or you know yeah with a lot of these uh, self-help books <laughs> i guess a lot of people would uh, just be like okay so if i read this book i should get better and stuff like that i'm like you know okay that's part of it I, it, at least it seems that uh, you're going somewhere. It helps you, you know, go from uh, just thinking, as you say, to doing the action, uh, going to wherever you want to go. Yeah. And uh, that's when you come up. 
when you strategize, when you show the people that you know uh, your idea can be crystal clear or even clearer than yeah. what whatever they were before, yeah. uh, and it gives you the sense of purpose. And I feel that right now, as uh, you mentioned at some point, the self-image that we have in general is that you know everyone else can do it but mm -hmm. not me. A lot mm -hmm. of people kind of yeah. are in that between of, because they, they don't realize what their own potential are. 100%. And when you, someone like you, you know, come to show that, you know, all of these things that you're looking for, they're actually in you. Yeah. So you help the person get it out and actually implement at least mm -hmm. um, a part of it. And as you mentioned, it should be something that is permanent. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, what are the impacts that you see generally when the person starts seeing uh, their own purpose, when the person starts seeing from their own perspective mm -hmm. rather than the society, let's say, because a lot of people would rather, you know, go behind and let everyone do their things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes a lot of internal work. Of course. And so, oftentimes, that internal work can be scary. Mm -hmm. So this is where I find coaching really powerfully comes into play mm -hmm. because for me personally like I've always been a very passionate and driven person mm -hmm. but for the longest time it's like I almost didn't know what to do mm -hmm. with that passion and so the people I work with are usually very inspired mm -hmm. individuals mm -hmm. but they're just like kind of scrambling mm -hmm. and I was at that stage of my life for of years mm -hmm. where it's like Oh, I'm so inspired and I want to change the world mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. but like I'm just spinning in circles yes. and then mm -hmm. it's like if I look back in the past two years what impact did I actually make mm -hmm. and that was a question that I didn't like answering okay. I just get super honest with myself mm -hmm. and so oftentimes in my coaching practice like we just create this container of just like raw mm -hmm. honesty of course of course and when somebody can finally tap into mm -hmm. that like sometimes just the cold hard truth yes. <laughs> that like maybe you haven't been working hard enough mm -hmm. or maybe you are completely disconnected mm -hmm. or maybe your habits are not aligned maybe your mindset is mm -hmm. not aligned whatever it is when we start developing that self-awareness mm -hmm. which is a huge part of the first step to yes. crystallize mm -hmm. it is something that my clients then carry for the rest of their mm -hmm. life because self-awareness it's one of the founding pillars of emotional intelligence. Of mm -hmm. It's one of the most basic determinants of a better mental health, a better emotional mm -hmm. health. Of when course. we develop that self-awareness mm -hmm. to finally be able to look inward and realize that we are not living a life of somebody else's doing. Absolutely. You know, what is happening to us mm -hmm. is not somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. And if we're always looking to blame, then mm -hmm. we're never going to get forward. Exactly. The day we take responsibility for mm -hmm. our lives, the way that we realize that we are the cause mm -hmm. of our life and our circumstances are the effect of it and mm -hmm. not the other way around, yeah, of course. then big, huge shifts start to happen. Absolutely. Because then it's like I just, I'm literally just planting a little seed. Mm -hmm. I'm not teaching mm -hmm. my clients something that they don't know. Exactly. I'm just planting a little seed. Mm -hmm. And then when I speak to them a week later, they've had all these breakthroughs throughout mm -hmm. their week mm -hmm. because that planted seed exactly. has suddenly like sprouted into like mm -hmm. so many things, mm -hmm. so many realizations. Mm -hmm. And when we really start to be honest with ourselves, that's when we can really start making shifts in absolutely, our life. Absolutely, absolutely. Like the mindset that you mentioned, because mindset is everything I say mm. <laughs> from a human perspective, because whatever you do, every choices that you take, it just shows what your mindset is, whatever action you're taking in any day, in any given day.
And so, uh, what is the, uh, in all of that and any part of your life, what is the achievement that you're most thankful, proud, or uh, happy for? <laughs> I'll be really like honest mm -hmm. and vulnerable mm -hmm. with you. It's a, it's a very personal one. It's mm -hmm. not a professional or career achievement mm -hmm. that I'm most proud of. Mm -hmm. Though I am proud of those things, I mm -hmm. would say the achievement that I'm most proud of is how far I've come personally mm -hmm. in my personal relationships, like in my marriage and in mm -hmm. my parenting relationships. Of course. Mm -hmm. And so, like when I look back to where I was, like I struggled with um, postpartum depression mm -hmm. after both my children. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband and I, we got married very young, mm -hmm. which I'm thankful for. <laughs> However, it came with a set of challenges. Yes. Like this week, we're celebrating our eighth wedding anniversary. No. So, <laughs> thank you. So, we, we've been through many challenges. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at like where we've come from and where we are now, and like the peace that we're able to have mm -hmm. in our lives, the harmony that we can have in our relationship, mm -hmm. and how that makes us stronger and better to fulfill our individual and our collective mm -hmm. missions mm -hmm. and how we both now can finally bring out the best in each other mm -hmm. like it, it was not always like that and i know that it took a lot of, of personal emotional mm -hmm. mental work mm -hmm. for each of us to mm -hmm. get there i would honestly say that's the thing i'm most proud of mm -hmm. because i've seen many 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 relationships mm -hmm. just completely fall apart mm -hmm. And it honestly really breaks my heart to see so many people and so many families being fragmented mm -hmm. and realizing that the root of a lot of it is a lack of connection to our own of selves. Course, absolutely. So that's why I'm so inspired to work with people individually, mm -hmm. to reconnect with themselves, to reconnect with their missions. Mm -hmm. And then as a byproduct of working on themselves, it will infuse improvement in every area of their life. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you mentioned earlier, even uh, during the uh, when you were talking about the coaching and uh, the difference even b with the, uh, the social worker, is that you know a lot of people right now they feel that uh, every, even more so in a relationship, you think that the other person is or should do a lot of things. So when it goes wrong, most of the time, rather than coming back to ourselves and where we stand in all of that and how we communicate, how we mm -hmm. take things in the relationship, we most of the time tend to push it to the other, as in, mm -hmm. oh, the other person should do this, or the other person should be like this, yeah. which is not the case, because, you know, uh, it's, as you mentioned, in a relationship, you're two people from different upbringings, mm -hmm. uh, even maybe even different uh, social backgrounds, and a lot of differences that when you come together, if there is not this uh, communication, and this, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, the, the knowing yourself first, mm -hmm. Uh, before exchanging with the other universe because the other person is a whole other universe mm -hmm. uh, there is always that imbalance mm. and so uh, it gets me to the to the difficult question which is uh, what did you struggle most because in even what what you were saying it, it has a lot of mindfulness mm -hmm. uh, in, in your emotions in in where you were standing uh, right there as you as you said mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what did I struggle with most um, I would say like boiled down to one word mm -hmm. is identity mm -hmm. um, for the longest time. So, you know, growing up being a Muslim, mm -hmm. being an Arab, mm -hmm. being a visible minority, yes. uh, growing up basically in the era of the rise of Islamophobia of course. Like, yes. and mm -hmm. um, being a second generation immigrant, mm -hmm. but at the same time being somebody who 
has grown up here ever since exactly. I was a baby and mm -hmm. feeling completely integrated. But yes. at the same time, sometimes society doesn't see you that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on top of that, also getting married young mm -hmm. um, and then having my children mm -hmm. young, but still accomplishing my career goals mm -hmm. and stuff. I struggled a lot. And I would say, especially after having my children mm -hmm. with my own identity. Okay. And so, s and I realized that the only way all that began to dissolve was when I really connected with myself. And mm -hmm. before that, I didn't know how to connect with myself beyond my labels. Mm -hmm. I knew who I was as a wife. Yes, of course. I knew how I was as who I daughter. was as a daughter, mm -hmm. as a social worker, mm -hmm. as a sister, mm -hmm. as a mom. Mm -hmm. But I really struggled to know who I was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would say that was my biggest challenge. It's dealing with my own self-identity. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you did you take any approach? Did you how did you manage all of that? Mm -hmm. Because uh, as you mentioned, you know, being a mom, it's uh, as I say, you know, there's no one to teach you how to become that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems that you kind of wake up in the whole situation. And um, as you mentioned, even like uh, postpartum, postpartum, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I hear a lot of. People uh, deal with that, but without mentioning it to the, you know, the, their environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, could yeah. you elaborate on that? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I found that, like, you know, society, your parents, mm -hmm. our culture, mm -hmm. our our communities, they do try to prepare us, for example, for motherhood. Of course. But in a very external mm -hmm. way. You know, when people find out you're expecting, first question they ask, is it a boy mm -hmm. or a girl? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What color is the nursery okay. gonna be? You need to buy this. Mm -hmm. Oh, say goodbye to your you sleep. Like yeah. other people give you like their horror stories, mm -hmm. yes. very negative advice <laughs> or pretty useless advice. <laughs> that was my experience. <laughs> so um, you know, I, nobody and mm -hmm. nobody, nobody mm -hmm. advised me, and I think it was for a reason because I was meant to discover it for myself so that I could help it for other mm -hmm. people. So I'm not saying this at all to blame everybody who surrounded yes, me, but just I recognize that like. I was never taught or encouraged mm -hmm. to work on myself before having children. Mm -hmm. I was never prepared and I was not prepared for the emotional of challenges mm -hmm. that came with motherhood. Absolutely. I was not ready for the mental challenges mm -hmm. that came with motherhood. I was really good at the instrumental stuff because I always mm -hmm. loved children and of that was course. one of the reasons why I wanted to be Absolutely. a teacher. Mm -hmm. I always worked with children. Mm -hmm. Like as a teenager, I was uh, head counselor for oh, a wow. class of 25 wow. four and five year olds so okay. like yeah I was always <laughs> exactly. very responsible very able with mm -hmm. kids and mm -hmm. very communicative and like I was always very good with mm -hmm. children so I was like oh I'm gonna be an awesome mom exactly however mm -hmm. I was so good at being a mom that I forgot to be myself yes and that was the part that I was not prepared for mm -hmm. and um it uh, yeah, it took a couple of years to wake up to it. Of course, of course. And is it one of the reasons why you were at some point uh, really focused on motherhood? Because mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, part of your uh, a lot of part of your discussions that you mm -hmm. had uh, before. Yeah. yeah. So initially, when I launched my coaching practice, mm -hmm. I was focused mostly on working mm -hmm. with moms okay. working specifically with like ambitious moms mm -hmm. who were looking to find more balance of in their course, lives of course. because I realized that that was me mm -hmm. in the past yes. and oftentimes the people that we seek to help are past versions uh, of ourselves of course, of course. so um, in doing that I realized that there I could go even a whole layer deeper mm -hmm. and a whole layer deeper is 
who are moms that I'm working with at the mm -hmm. end of the day. They are people who have a great responsibility. Mm -hmm. They are people that have a great mission. Mm -hmm. And they are people who want something better for the future. Absolutely. But people who are at the same time sometimes overwhelmed by day to day Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And I realized that those criteria are not just moms. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I've had a lot of people approach me and relate to my message and ask me about my coaching and stuff mm -hmm. who are not moms mm -hmm. because I realized that the message at the end of the day is universal. Absolutely. Because so I'm learning from it. <laughs> so I'm not a mom. So. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. then, so that's why I've expanded in the past few months mm -hmm. to not just helping moms because at the end of the day, my program mm -hmm. is not around motherhood. Exactly. I never really mm -hmm. talk about parenting. Mm -hmm. I'm really just focused on the person and Absolutely. how they relate to the rest of the world. Absolutely. And that's something that everybody can work on. That's exactly. something I'm working on. That's mm -hmm. something everybody exactly. works on at every stage of mm -hmm. their life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in all of that, do you have uh, a spiritual practice? Because you mentioned earlier that you were Muslim. So, um, yeah, this is something I've shifted through a lot in the past uh, mm -hmm. decades or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I found that um, for me, what was very liberating mm -hmm. was breaking free from what I thought I was supposed to be spiritually connected to. Mm -hmm. Because for a while, I almost had like a sense of guilt when I didn't really connect through prayer. Mm -hmm. Or I almost had this like sense of guilt if I mm -hmm. didn't connect through like, you know, just standing mm -hmm. in a place of worship, mm -hmm. praying alongside mm -hmm. hundreds of people for mm -hmm. hours. Like if I didn't feel like magical mm -hmm. after, I was like, oh, what's wrong with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that like when I really took a step back and just worked on connecting more with, God mm -hmm. and less with the religion. Absolutely. Not obviously not fully letting mm -hmm. go of it, mm -hmm. but just loosening mm -hmm. the reins a little bit. Absolutely. So I began to realize that I felt most inspired in nature. Mm -hmm. I felt most inspired in knowledge. Absolutely. So for me, I'm very much of a thinker. Absolutely. So <laughs> even when I read scientific things, mm -hmm. it would just leave me feeling so connected to God Absolutely. because I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. How did all this come mm -hmm. to be? Watching um, the documentary uh, Our Planet on yeah, Netflix, I love something it. like that. I'm <laughs> yeah. literally mm -hmm. sitting there, like in, in awe, awe yes, like shivers all me. over my body, like, mm -hmm. wow, look at all this beautiful creation. Exactly. And mm -hmm. like, nobody like put this together. Yes. <laughs> so um, I found like that just going back to like our simple reconnection. Mm -hmm. And for me, a huge part of that happens when I travel. Absolutely. So traveling is actually a very, very deeply spiritual yes, practice for this, me. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to me right now. <laughs> okay, awesome. So two years ago, mm -hmm. I would say, was like the beginning of whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, spiritual awakening mm -hmm. or like when it really just rocked my world. Mm -hmm. Because I took my first trip, like my first solo trip. Mm -hmm. So I took a trip without my husband, mm -hmm. without my children, without my parents. No. Um, and so, and I went to like a wellness festival mm -hmm. in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. 
and so being there was very eye-opening for yes, me for sure. and it's not the surroundings mm -hmm. it was the lack of the familiar surroundings yeah, absolutely because i was for so long i had connected so much to the identity of being the social worker yes. being the one that helps the community mm -hmm. or being the mom yeah. or being mm -hmm. the good wife mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. and not that there was anything wrong with those labels mm -hmm. but i had lost my self and my essence mm -hmm. behind those absolutely. so being completely removed being in a festival in a country that's foreign to me with people I've never seen mm -hmm. before and being like okay who am I yeah like really who yeah. am I mm -hmm. because when I'm here I'm not a mom yeah definitely. when I'm here <laughs> like I'm still a w somebody's yeah, wife but I'm not like being mm -hmm. a wife in mm -hmm. the moment when I'm here I'm not a social worker mm -hmm. when I'm here I'm not performing any daughterly duties like exactly. I'm just who am I exactly. and that question was very difficult in mm -hmm. the beginning like it put me in a lot of denial of like no 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 no, it's okay mm. i don't need to answer that that's so much pressure <laughs> yeah. but mm -hmm. it was not until i really paid attention of to course. that that i began to find myself that i began to mm -hmm. relate to god just mm -hmm. as a soul Absolutely. and not in the instrumental roles that mm -hmm. i played of course of course so. because when i uh when i find myself in different settings that's why i love even traveling as you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier is that it puts back my whole mindset into perspective it mm -hmm. helps me put it into perspective because i'm surrounded as you mentioned with people that don't really know you so you they're uh, uh, defining your personality who you are mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of crucial it's mm -hmm. like a survival mode as in all these people don't know me but i need to you know i need to show myself mm -hmm. I, i'm yeah. here you know i will discuss with these people i don't know them you know and stuff like how that how are you going to make yourself known exactly yeah. so <laughs> so how you how you uh, perceive yourself that's basically that would help the other people perceive you but if you if you have that if you still have that lack in your personality so discussing with all these people it, it would transcend it mm -hmm. cannot be you know hidden uh, in as you mentioned being a wife being a mom being a sister and so and so on and so do you have a social issue that is dearest to you mm -hmm. or any social issue that is dearest to you mm -hmm. well for me honestly mm -hmm. like in full honesty my mm -hmm. literal mission mm -hmm. is to help rewrite the dna of the generation to come absolutely and while that sounds like a huge mission, <laughs> we can reverse engineer it. Yeah. And so how do we mm -hmm. do that? How do we literally change the way that we function mm -hmm. to be able to alter the generation mm -hmm. to come? So I learned about the topic of epigenetics mm -hmm. a few years ago and how literally our social experiences, mm -hmm. our emotional experiences come to alter our DNA. Mm -hmm. by. So what epigenetics means, it means on top of the gene. Absolutely. So it's basically very much simplified. Like if any scientist is listening to this, they're mm. going to be like, oh my gosh, she's butchering it. But <laughs> this is the way I grasp it. Exactly. And so um, mm. basically you can look at it as like, you know, there's that DNA strand that mm -hmm. we all know that mm -hmm. looks like the, the yeah. twisty staircase mm -hmm. and it has like a tail mm -hmm. on it. And then epigenetics is basically this little plug that comes and attaches to the bottom of okay. that tail. So for example, say my grandmother went through a very abusive relationship mm -hmm. and so traumas that she went through mm -hmm. will come create mm -hmm. some sort of plug on mm -hmm. her dna Absolutely. as a survival mechanism mm -hmm. and then when she had my mom for example she will have passed down that Absolutely. 
GNA mm -hmm. alter that sorry DNA mm -hmm. alteration to her, mm -hmm. and then she will pass it down to me, mm -hmm. and then I will come in my life and have these like weird predispositions yeah. or vulnerabilities mm -hmm. to things, and I'm like, like why yeah, is this exactly. happening to me? I don't get it, mm -hmm. and I don't realize that, or I haven't, I will have not realized that I'm literally fighting battles exactly. from two generations mm -hmm. ago, mm -hmm. but this is actually something that can be changed yes. because when we come and develop self-awareness mm -hmm. when we come and see that we are susceptible to certain things mm -hmm. then we can begin to heal those things mm -hmm. and then from there we can begin to grow mm -hmm. and then from there we can grow into a place of inspiration Absolutely. and actually impacting the world but if we set out to try to impact the world without having perceived mm -hmm. even the things that are deeply buried mm -hmm. within our souls then it can get very daunting absolutely because we can feel disconnected and mm -hmm. not even know why mm -hmm. and so that is literally my mission that mm -hmm. like every person i work with i try to get them to awaken absolutely. to their own mm -hmm. constructs mm -hmm. their own stories yes. that are passed down to them their own perceptions of the world mm -hmm. their own triggers mm -hmm. and then from there we really bring awareness to the fact that like okay i'm the doorway between the past generations and the future generation mm -hmm. And so it is here that I decide exactly. what is going to be passed down Where it's and what go. is not. And this is not just if you're a parent. Yes, this absolutely. is for anybody mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to realize that you are literally the doorway from absolutely. your ancestors to your mm -hmm. grandchildren and children absolutely, or whatever. Absolutely. Because in a certain way, even in the, in the way that you uh, interact with people, it kind of transcend again. Mm -hmm. uh, that whatever you have in you, that is basically what you're going to show to the world. And uh, utopia, the, like a lot of people call it, which is not the case, is that helping yourself is uh, the first thing any of us needs to do first mm -hmm. before helping the universe, basically. Yeah. And so do you have any anecdote that left a huge impact in your life? Mm -hmm. Probably thousands of them, but yeah. one that would uh, come in mind. So, a recent huge one, I would say, was when I f took my first trip mm -hmm. that stripped me of all labels. Mm -hmm. That was a huge one for me. And so, um, that's something that I really encourage everybody to do, is mm -hmm. to completely step out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so, that's not something um, that doesn't necessarily have to be like... Mm -hmm leave everything and go take yeah. a wild trip like that's not what i'm saying um, <laughs> what i'm saying is do something that really scares mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. because that is what builds our confidence Absolutely. and so uh for me i would say in the past year mm -hmm. that was hiring my own coach mm -hmm. so hiring my own transformation yes. coach somebody who took me in my mission mm -hmm. and helped me make something of it mm -hmm. so and for some people that may be to finally you know put themselves in a place of vulnerability mm -hmm. in their relationships mm -hmm. in their life they may have been wearing this mask of Absolutely. bravery mm -hmm. but to realize that with bravery comes the bravery to be vulnerable absolutely absolutely and so it's uh i encourage everybody to just and we all know what it is mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. reality we all know what it is whether mm -hmm. you need to meditate on it or think about mm -hmm. it or journal about it or mm -hmm. talk about it we all know that there's something huge that we need to do in our mm -hmm. life that will cause a shift for us mm -hmm. And if anybody doesn't know, then let's talk about it. Exactly. Because I think everybody does. <laughs> so if mm -hmm. people want to find me, mm -hmm. my handle mm -hmm. for Instagram or on Facebook yeah. is um, at Duha, which is D-H-O-U-H-A mm -hmm. dot with insight. Mm -hmm. So with insight, all one word. Mm -hmm. um, so you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram there. 
Mm -hmm. I'm pretty responsive on both platforms mm -hmm. if you ever message me and my number one medium, mm -hmm. the number one way I connect to people is and through conversation. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. powerful conversation, just, just that's my thing because I think that's the seed of transformation. Yes, so I'm always open to converse with anybody. Thank you very much for being here. It was my pleasure. Thank you for <laughs> being awesome and moderating this. <laughs> I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe and review. And until next time, never forget, you are as unique as the universe. Peace be with you.